Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 109, Fascist Baby. Today's proverb is unattributed, though it's probably American. I'll read it twice. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Once more, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In this proverb, the word fix does not mean fix. It really means don't mess with it. If it ain't broke, don't mess with it. As with most proverbs, this is a fairly glum saying. It means that you can't ask too much of the world. You can't expect too much of the world. You can't expect great things of the world. It is enough if something works. It doesn't need to work really well. It doesn't need to work astoundingly well. It just needs to work. If something works, you should be happy with it. This is one of the great conservative proverbs. You could probably explain the conservative worldview, the conservative ethos, in about ten proverbs. If you tried to, this would be one of them. More on that later. If it ain't broke, don't mess with it. If it ain't broke, don't tinker with it. Don't try to improve it. Don't fuss with it. If it ain't broke and you try to improve it, you're far more likely to just screw it up. Almost nothing lasts. 
Almost nothing works. Most of the great institutions across history barely work. If something barely works, it's glorious. That's how difficult a place the world is. That's how contrary existence is to mankind. That's how contrary existence is to reality. Almost nothing works. If you can get something to barely work, you have found something truly remarkable. How effective is marriage? How effective is marriage? How effective is marriage in sorting out the tense and anxious differences between men and women? It's effective. It's better than anything else that we've finagled. But it's not as effective. Marriage isn't as effective at doing what it's supposed to do as scissors are effective at cutting paper. Marriage is no can opener. It's no rubber doorstop. As a great human institution, marriage works. It doesn't work amazingly well. It works enough. This is one of the problems of people who want to have an amazing marriage. You want something far better than what's common. This is not an insult to marriage. I'm just saying if marriage works enough, if it works at all, don't mess with it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to make it amazing. We've done a lot of messing with marriage in the last hundred years. And marriage is in no better spot today than it was back then. We've tried to fix marriage over and over again. Even though it wasn't broken, it just wasn't working as well as we wanted it to. We weren't content with the fact that it wasn't broken. We wanted marriage to fulfill all our desires. We wanted marriage to give us freedom and power and equality and stability and pleasure and productivity. When in reality, marriage can maybe only handle half or a third of those desires. This is not a complaint about marriage. It's not a complaint about my marriage. But the people who want an amazing marriage are often wildly unhappy. If you want to have an amazing church, your church isn't going to last that long. 20 years, maybe. And this is because the same qualities that make it amazing this year will ultimately make it obsolete. Mars Hill was an amazing church. People were amazed by Mars Hill. Now it's dead. It doesn't exist. If something works, why are we tempted to mess with it? Well, the proverb isn't don't mess with it. It's don't fix it. And when something works just fine, it doesn't need fixing. Right? When something works, it doesn't need fixing. The thing that we're generally trying to fix when we fix things that aren't broken is our own impatience and boredom. We're trying to fix our own curiosity. I think I've told this story before. Last summer, I was sitting in a cafe and I was watching two mothers talk to each other, two young mothers. And one of their children was two or three. And there was this big, cold, blended drink that was sitting about two inches from the edge of the table. 
this one woman's kid kept reaching over and barely, subtly pushing the drink towards the edge of the table. The child was not trying to grab the drink. The drink was within grabbing distance. No effort was being made to apprehend this beverage. And the mother's like eyeballing the child as the child is nudging it towards the edge. And the mother didn't move the drink out of the child's reach. She just looked at the child and said, be careful. Obviously the child keeps nudging it. The mother said, you're gonna make a mess. And the kid just keeps nudging it. And the mother looked away. And it almost seemed like the mother looked away just to give the kid the opportunity to push it off. And so the kid pushed it off. Drink fell on the floor, exploded everywhere. Huge mess, lid off, huge mess. And the mother says to the child, I told you to be careful. Textbook example of incompetent parenting. On the one hand, mind-boggling. On the other hand, anyone could see what was going to happen. Why did this child push this drink over? First, I think the child was bored. Second, and maybe this isn't immediately distinguishable from boredom, I think the child was curious about what would happen. I think that the child was even curious if anything would happen. It might be that we can, we think we can fix things that aren't broken. It might also be that we just wanna see what will happen if we change them. We wanna see how stable things are. The child could imagine the drink exploding on the floor and it seems such a spectacle in the child's imagination. And the child was a little incredulous whether something as small and ineffectual as itself could create this spectacular image that it had in its head in the real world. Can I affect the world? I think people are asking this question. I think people are curious about this question into their 20s, maybe even into their 30s. Can I mess with the world? Is the world the sort of thing that I can mess with? I don't have anything in particular in mind, no real goal, but is the world stable enough that someone like me, someone as young and dumb as me, could alter it? Can society be changed? Can I change it? What sort of a thing is society? And so we talk about fixing society when all we really want to know is whether we can change it. Can we push, can we push society off the edge of the table? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. At the same time, it's also the case that we can imagine things working better than they do. Some people are quite impressed with the fact that they can imagine things working better. Perhaps you have spoken to somebody who was genuinely impressed by the fact they could imagine something working better. 
there are these people that are truly captivated by their own ability to conceive of things being more pleasant. It's almost like they believe that this is a rarity, that no one else can imagine things working better. And that their ability to see things working better or to imagine things working better makes them special and that their ability to imagine things working better entitles them to change things. The fact you can imagine things working better is meaningless. I want to say it's always meaningless. Maybe I'll just say it's usually meaningless. There are some people who are genuinely impressed by the fact they can imagine things working better, and so they don't look into the reasons why things are the way they are. And they don't spend any time imagining how the attempt to make things better could make things worse. Over the last 10 years, I, don't, I have lost count of the number of senior theses I've sat through where some kid is arguing that we ought to plow ahead with whatever dangerous cutting-edge technology is currently on the table because of the Dominion mandate or because anything can be misused and we shouldn't be afraid of that. And so they, they make these arguments unreal. They would gladly bring a technology into the world whereby human thought could be forcibly extracted from an unwilling brain. Just so that deaf, mute, quadriplegic people could have what they want for breakfast. And no matter how dangerous this is, no matter how ill-advised, how many hundred million ways that this could go wrong, I'm like, well, I can imagine it doing some good. And anything can be misused, so don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of change. There are many decent people who are willing to fix things, provided they don't have to take responsibility for those things if the fixing doesn't pan out. Maybe not good people, maybe just young people, naive people, who think in terms of fixing things, and if it all goes haywire, they simply walk away. Someone else will have to clean it up. These days, the people most passionate about fixing society are the people who have contributed the least to it. The demographic most bent on change are people who pay almost no taxes, can't hold a job, spend all their time on screens, aren't married, don't have kids, not doing anything for the stability of society, most interested in fixing it. They're bored with a society they have played almost no role in creating or sustaining. And I think that's why they're bored with it. We're bored with things that don't have anything to do with us. The more you put into society, the less interested you are in fixing it. You'll take what you can get. It is possible for an individual to break something that they are incapable of fixing. <sighs> A moment ago, I said it's possible to break something and then just walk away from it. Walk away from it, whether you could fix it or not. But it's possible for individuals to destroy things that they are incapable of having ever put together. 
Breaking things is easy. You can accidentally break something. You can't accidentally make something. Breaking things is easy, though. There's a passage in Paradise Lost where Satan boasts that he is going to wreck the earth in an afternoon. And that this is really something, given that God needed six continuous days to make it. I will destroy what God needed six days to make. And who knows how long he had been planning it out. And Satan acts like this is something to be proud of. It's the nature of created things to be easily broken. Pretty much everything is easy to break. Consider how much good, consider how much, how many useful things are lost because of fires inadvertently set. Destroying things is easy. It could take hundreds of years to grow a forest. One cigarette butt flicked out the window of a car in a national forest could take it all down in a day. That's how easy it is to destroy things. And if you're going to mess with something, you've got to first appreciate how easy it is to wreck something. If it ain't broke, don't fix it is actually the milder and the more forgiving expression of an even more dire, more glum, and to be honest, more profound proverb. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, at least hints at the fact that some things are broken and may need fixing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's broke, maybe you should fix it. I think that's a fair implication of this proverb. But the more profound and more extreme proverb is better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Which, if it were made to relate to today's proverb, would be something like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it's broke... Maybe you shouldn't fix it anyway. Why? If it's only a little broke, maybe you should just deal with it. How many times in your life have you tried to fix something that was broken and only made it worse? I swear I do this all the time. I don't mean broke, like a little broke. I don't mean like in need of uh, cleaning or tidying. But something's a little broke, and you're like, I'm going to try to fix this. And 20 minutes later, you're like, how did this fall apart so quickly? There's nothing more likely to fall apart in your hands than something which is already a little broken. Things that are a little broken, if you mess with things that are a little broken, they get a lot broken real fast. Because they're weak. A thing that's somewhat broken is fragile even more fragile than most things are already. Things are fragile. Half-broken things are very fragile. And the odds that you're going to make a half-broken thing all broken are relatively high. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't. How many times have you seen somebody make something much worse that was, that was still functional? Some things heal on their own. 
time heals all wounds. People, on the other hand, have a bad habit of reopening wounds. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.